Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the West Side Connection Poetry Corner. We're grateful for all of you in the building tonight, and we're going to get started. Thank you all for being here. I'm going to, excuse me, pass the mic to Andrea. Hello, every, hello everyone. I'm Andrea, Miss Andrea the Poet. Again, thank you all for being here to come and be a guest on our show tonight. We, like earlier, I was explaining to you guys, we're going to do what's called a round robin. Um, we're going to start with CLS. So tell us about yourself. Uh, what do you do? How did you become a poet? If you have any books out, any upcoming events, and then bless our mic. Well, thank you for asking. Um, I'm actually a college professor. I teach uh, communication, primarily public speaking, debate, interpersonal, intercultural. And I write a lot of academic work, but I've also uh, written some creative work. And some of it I would call poetry. Some of it I might call more like um, creative nonfiction. I have a collection of um, a memoir in vignettes about working at the soup plantation that's supposed to be funny. <laughs> Hopefully some of it's funny. Um, and I get drawn to writing about some pretty intense things. Um, I've written uh, a couple of um, shorter chapbooks on some darker themes, um, but I also love to write um, about my daughter, my uh, now six-year-old, and I think I would love to share a piece about her. My brown-skinned girl. My daughter asks me why her skin is brown and mine is white. She wants to know if my skin is better or if hers is better. I fumble with our skin is equally good, knowing that I'm inadvertently reinforcing a harmful nod to colorblindness. I start over. I tell her the same day that she was born, Simone Biles was winning more medals than any gymnast had ever imagined. I tell her that today, gymnastics is outlawing Simone's moves because she's superior to any other gymnast. I tell her about the unapologetic Nina Simone, I tell her the month she was born, Simone Manuel was setting records at the Olympics as well. I tell her that the Obamas gave people hope, as does Kamala Harris. She already knows the stories of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Rosa Parks. I tell her about all the little Black children in Oklahoma City who sat in restaurants day after day asking politely to be served. I tell her that their persistence, even when they had to stand when the white people took their chairs away from their tables, led to the integration of those restaurants. Through mist in my eyes and only with so many details, I tell my little one about Darnisha Harris, fatally shot at 16, and Ayanna Stanley Jones, 7, struck in her own home as she slept by the people who were supposed to protect and serve them. I tell her that her brown skin comes from her birth mommy, who trusted me enough to adopt her. I remind her that she shares a culture with her Auntie Shantae, who she loves so much. My daughter's six. She sees the good in people in life that I am blind to without her eyes. I'm happy I have brown skin, mommy, she says as she goes back to playing with her Hot Wheels. 
I want nothing more than to dismantle the white supremacy that would ever have my daughter question the value of her brown skin. Thank you so much for that piece. Beautiful, much needed. Much necessary piece. Thank you for writing that and sharing that with us tonight. Thank and you. So you're very welcome. We're going to take it to you, Winnie Wins. Thanks for being here tonight. Introduce yourself. Tell us what you got going on in the poetry world or anything, that, any upcoming events, books, or anything that you have. Share with us. Welcome to the stage, Mr. Winnie Wins. Hey, how y'all doing? Can you hear me? Yes, we can. We're all yeah, doing great. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm Winston. Um, you guys can call me Winnie Wins. Um, I just started, so all this, this. Um, a little bit about a year ago, um, a friend of mine encouraged me to start writing and taking poetry as an outlet to kind of just express. Um, and so the piece that I'm going to do today is a piece that I wrote about six to seven months ago. Um, and pretty much the way that I write is as an ode to something or to kind of like channel certain. So the one that I'm about to share is the deconstruction um, of my faith at the time. So that's how okay. So this one is called A Letter um, A Letter from Lucifer. I loved Eve and all of her. I rebelled against God and overthrew heaven. You let them tell you lies and make the devil out of me, calling me the father of lies. When the real father of lies lies in heaven, leaving you as orphans, place deadbeat dad and ask you to beg for forgiveness in his return. For God so loved me, he didn't give himself. Send his son to die in his place. Jesus Christ, my God, why have you forsaken me, forsaken me and you? His beloved crown prince abandoned, you think he's coming back for you? Thought of his own lamb, you wonder why he doesn't hear you. Hears you, you assume he was listening. Tells you to have faith so you don't think he has you waiting. Tells you to be long-suffering so you forget that your suffering is also the one to make it the fruit of the spirit. But it's also the one who forgot to tell you about the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. He's good, I'm evil. I'm punished for telling you, but God withheld from you. I informed you, but God banished you from the garden and I'm the bad guy. I tell you to be mindful of snakes, but mention nothing of their creator. Like how they'll speak of the violence of the gun, but not the men behind them, as if they pull their own triggers. Damn war, but never the soldier. It's kind of like how they'll tell you to pray blindly, but never speak of the one who took your sight. And I wonder why you can't seem to see that I'm not the bad guy. Your God says his people will perish for a lack of knowledge. And you're perishing. While you pray to the one who prays on you, you ever wonder what you don't know? I rebelled against God and through heaven for you. But you let them tell you lies and make the devil out of me, calling me the father of lies and the real father of lies, lies in heaven, leaving you as orphans, be dead, be dead, and ask you beg for forgiveness in his return. Telling the truth was my crime, but somehow I'm the father of lies. All right, Father. For that piece. I just have a quick question. What inspired that piece? Like, where did it come from? What was your muse? Um, so my muse was God, and I felt like at the time I was a devoted Christian. And one of the things that I really struggled with is this ideology or this belief that you're not allowed to accept God. God is not allowed to be questioned. God is not allowed to be picked at. Um, and so I think for me, with this deconstruction of my faith, I was like, you know what, God? Like, 
I'm pissed off and you won't hear about it. You're a big boy, you can handle it. And so I think during this time, it was kind of me challenging God, challenging myself to be like, yo, Winston, like, God is not excluded grieving. Like, if you're mad at God, God is allowed to be a person you're, you could be mad at and that's totally fine. And so for me, I was like, okay, let me just channel all of these emotions and kind of, you know, think about that. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Really enjoyed the piece. So we're going to take it around to you, Miss Erica. How are you doing tonight? Hi, I'm doing really well. Thank you. You're welcome. So my name is Erica Lopez. Um, I currently have three book collaborations publishing, published already, actually. Um, my first one was Badass Within. Um, and my chapter in that book talks about how I kind of overcame my mother's death. My mother died when I was five years old. So a lot of my poetry is a lot of autobiographical stuff. And um, so, you know, it was just a struggle of living with that emptiness. You know, everybody had a mom, but I didn't have a mom, you know, and um, learning to, to accept, you know, my reality at such a young age, I was only five. And um, it wasn't until I was in my 20s that I realized that I did okay without my mom. So it was just like going through that process. And so that was what that chapter is about. The, another book came out in November. It's a book club. There was 10 of us. And this one is really like in my heart because of what happened just recently with Twitch. Um, it was my suicide attempt. And um, I... I am sad because a lot of times people stigmatize, but they don't know. When you're in that state, it is very difficult and you don't see hope. You don't see the light. You don't see anything. I'm Praise God, I'm still here. But 10 of us authors all wrote about our suicide attempts and how we overcame that and how we deal with our depression and all that. That, that you know, it's not as bad as it used to be, but I've learned a lot of coping skills. Um, and so... That's that book collaboration. I have another book called Growth Series, and it's um, seven chapters of things that I overcame. And each one of those chapters has a, a poem. So uh, it's a lot of stuff like alcoholism and fidelity. So a lot of my poems are around all those issues. And so, yeah, that's what I, I have those three books up right now. Um, and working on self-publishing my, my collection. Um, this is a proof, I don't know if you can see it, um, that I got for sale. I, so I guess the poem I wanna read um, is, um, there's this poem I wrote. And you know, a lot of times people, they have a hard time leaving, like, you know, their relationships. And so um, it's it's like a perpetual cycle. And so for me, um, that was what it was for me. My, my journey in letting go of um, just the difficulty of having a bad relationship and finding my way out of it. Um, so this one is kind of autobiographical, but also very traditional because I grew up this way, right? You're not supposed to divorce. You're supposed to stay married. You're supposed to be the good wife. You're supposed to cook and clean. 
And so this one's called Mexican wine. What is this? Having to be quiet and not say a word? I am a Mexican woman who only has a voice with the comadres. The man walks in and there is silence, awkwardness, not wanting to spark his temper or his drunken rages, swallowing big gulps, trying to not crack the eggshells. I know better than to speak. Whatever I say is wrong. I know better than to servirle. He will throw the plate or push me. Trapped because Catholic girls do not divorce. They stay with an insecure man because that is what Mexican women do. We stay and build walls of resentment. We stay and stay and stay. Leaving is not an option. This is our lot in life. Nothing changes, all is the same. I choose to swallow my words. Who are you? I am a mother, a Mexican wife. I am defined by my roles, but who am I? I am a woman wrapped in a dysfunctional life with a man who thinks he is a saint because he provides, who thinks he is God, God's given right to get drunk, who thinks it is his God-given right to get drunk. He was born to work, but also he was born to intimidate, to manipulate, to cheat, and to prove his machismo. I pray to the Virgin to help me help him be a God-fearing man, but nothing seems to change. Everything continues to be the same. I am Mexican. I am defined by my family, by my children, and by the spouse that feeds us. Over and over we are told by our ancestral women the children need their father. And I question this kind of father who drinks what little money we have, who spends his time on other women, who sends us to church food pantries when there is no food. We eat beans and rice over and over again. Yet without fail, we go to church every Sunday. We go to confession. On the outside, what a loving family. On the inside, it is just desperation. You can see it in the children's eyes, the sadness of not knowing. Is dad going to yell today? Is he going to throw things? Is he going to dump out the eggshells? Is this what God intended? Is it true? Tienes que sufrir para merecer? What does that even mean? In order to be worthy, we must suffer? Every day is unknown, like a roller coaster ride of anxiety, not knowing if rage or joy is coming. Me, a Mexican wife, holding on to hope to all the angels and saints that maybe, just maybe, this craziness will end, or maybe I will find peace in death. Wow, thank you so much for that. Such a deep peace, and you can feel the passion in it, and you can feel the turmoil and the sadness and everything that it brings. But I really respect and honor this piece, and thank you for, so much for sharing it. Okay, we're gonna take it to AJ. Hello, Mr. AJ. How are you doing tonight? Thanks for I'm joining us. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. No 
most welcome. So share with us a little bit about yourself, what you got going on, and then bless the mic with a poem. Um, <clears throat> I haven't been on the mic in a very long time, and I don't know uh, what Atterbury was doing early this morning when he sent me a message and said, hey, brother, you want to get on? And I thought maybe the universe is talking through him to tell me I need to jump back on this mic. And uh, I couldn't be more pleased and honored and super nervous uh, <laughs> to, uh, to deliver. So I've been writing for quite a bit for a very long time. And I'm in the process of publishing two books and I'm, I'm new. I'm new to the, uh, I'm, I'm renewed to uh, the performance section, uh, but I've written over 3,000 poems. Um, I just pick them up and I let them go. So, yeah. <laughs> you ready? We ready. Ask me who I am and I'll show you my faith. Pinned in a winning plan by the son of man. Come to the oneness of the creator, will to the existence as straight as the equator. Came from being enslaved in the wicked pleasure of the depraved. Secular, extracurricular, and the treacherous Caligula shit that degrades. Ask me who I am and I'll show you my faith. Life is always presenting the living with the problem. I did it as a nut emitted, but I made it. And the struggle towards the eggs and the struggle, uh, let me run that back. Okay, I'm gonna have to run that back. Uh-oh. Okay, run it back. You oh, got it. man. I'm not new to this, you true to this. Come on, AJ. Oh, whew. I'm, I'm superheated now. Okay. <laughs> Ask me who I am and I'll show you my faith. Penned in the winning plan by the son of man. Come to the oneness of the creator, will to the existence as straight as the equator. Came from being enslaved in the wicked pleasure of the depraved. Secular, extracurricular, and the treacherous Caligula shit that degrades. Ask me who I am and I'll show you my faith. Life is always presenting the living with a problem. I did it. As a nut emitted, but I made it. And to swim towards the egg amongst billions, I was unbroken and all alone. In the embryo, the fetus, the full term, it was written as poem. Like living in the midst of the pitch, free to be myself and accept my own. And I never could have made it. Obstacles would not be breached if I wasn't stronger, better, wiser on a mission. I held on to my master and my teacher to master my condition. The circumstance and the energy I fight. I long for the energy being surprised, being deprived of my birthright. They want my crown and tried to kick me when I was down, but don't want to pay my price. Stricken once the shit had thickened. Diminished the positive once the negative quickened. Had no team. Toll taken, accentuated a lowered esteem, put a big dick with no foreplay or romance on my dream, learned to scan the space through tools of measurement, shirked the overease and deceit with momentary pleasure trips. Progress was a Loch Ness, throat dry with not enough saliva to spit, 
Most high surmised I ain't gonna lay shit if you ain't fit. Please believe. No sympathy. Too comfortable in iniquity. We sin like we breathe. In war before you deplore, you deplore. Any who seek falsehood. Because right behind the blight comes plenty more. Moral compass and character is your health insurance. And the smartest, most meaningful professor I ever met was endurance. Knowledge yourself and where the fuck you place on the scale, my walk is proof. I know I couldn't live without the truth and for sure couldn't live with the lies you listening to. Always been hard. And you don't know me until you find me in the word of God. Locate a motherfucker. Come on. Character. Character comes along with your wisdom. And you gotta be comfortable and competent at the level you function on. Every single sentence your ears are feeding. It's a hint in the teaching, the science is breeding. Study the letter in each word, in each sentence, in each paragraph, in each page, in each chapter. Get a thought in your mind. Notes are written from the inside and your spine binds the book right after. I am the proof suffered for the cause and the oblongata is the author of my reparation. I've never been afraid of nada when I represent divine revelation. Ask me who I am and I'll show you my faith. If a man don't know his revelation, how the fuck can he stand in my face? Immature, unpure and unsure stay playing them games out. But I'm hurling the truth against the falsehoods until it knocks his brains out, stains out. Dirty laundry rinse and wash tumble dry. They're trying to get you to die with your veins out. One more time, ask me who the fuck I am and I'll show you my faith. Watch what I do. Match it with truth and know that I don't fuck with no fakes. Come through, come through. I do apologize. I thought you were done with the poem and then you came back. Didn't you didn't you didn't miss a beat? So Yes, thank you so much for delivering that and welcome back to the poetry world. The universe has called you back because we needed you in the game. That was powerful. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you so much for that piece. Next up, we have Maka. So tell us where, where you're from, what you do. Um, if you have any books out, if you have any upcoming events, and then bless our mic. Hello, thank you so much. I'm from Nigeria. Um, I am a writer, a poet, a journalist. And yeah, I've written um, three books. I wrote a novel, children's book, and I'm compiling my poetry manuscripts. Um, for poetry, I write... Um, as regards to issues that concerns women, because I'm a girl child advocate. So I write as regards to issues that concern women and girl child. So for tonight, I have um, a poem. I wrote my girlfriend when she lost her son, her only child. The poem is, I titled it Grief. It's titled Grief. So I wrote this poem um, two years ago when my friend lost her only son. So I'll read it now. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. In the lonesome night, when the one when the ones who plant roses in their words are gone, you sit on the coldness of your tiles and peel your skin. The pain now seems familiar. You dismantle your body and tear away your bones. 
John where it's most excruciating. In the morning, you bring back your bones and your thoughts. You wear your skin and polish your bones. Then you walk to the grave where the one who called you mother lays. The one who called you mother, you let tears slide from your cheeks and fall on his grave. That is how you greet him good morning. You wash the tears slip from your, from your cheeks to his mud and soak in his thick, on his thick grave. He eats tears for breakfast and pain for supper. In the morning, your heart sings and your, your cheeks bloom. At noon, the ones who plant flowers in their walls arrive. You need to between them and let their words placate you. You don't tell them how you, how you, how you cut your tires. You don't tell them how you cut yourself. You don't tell them how you tear yourself apart every night. You don't tell them how you tear your body apart every night and dismantle your bones every night. You smile at their words. At their jokes, you laugh. They do their words and call and not. When they are gone, enter your room, your bathroom, sit on the tiles, you fold your legs and let it on the shower. Now, no, it's not about, um, you know, when we grieve the loss of someone, maybe a child or a partner, what happens when they are gone? You know, those, those that come to placate, what happens when they are gone? That's the essence of this poem. When you lose someone and your friends, family come to placate you, come to tell you words of comfort, when they are gone, what happens to you? In the low sun night, what happens to you when everywhere is? What happens to you when you are lonely? How do you how do you bring yourself together? So this poem talks about how you break yourself apart and tear your bones and peel your skin every night for grief, trying to mourn this with a loved one. Thank you. Thank you, Thank so, you much. so much for that piece. Thank you. Now we're going to pass the mic to Queen Kwani. Queen Kwani. Hello, hello. Tell us My about what you have going on, any upcoming events, any shows, your book coming out, and then bless her mic with a poem like you do it. Okay, so my name is Kwani. I go by Queen Kwani on all platforms. Queen Kwani. Um, I am a part of a group called Verses and Vibes. We are a collective of poets lifting each other up, supporting each other, encouraging each other to just be us. Right. I have a book coming out. Um, it's called A Journey Through Love and each piece I recite tonight will be a part of that book. I'm also a part of an organization called Feed the Streets where we go out and we give a homeless to the homeless this year, we are giving away a thousand gifts to people in need. So if you would like to donate or contribute in any type of way, please hit me up afterwards. I am going to bless you guys with a poem. And this piece is called Gracious Love. She loves unconditionally, gives generously, expecting nothing in return. Her heart is full. It holds so much pain, endures so much sorrow, yet she is still so joyful, so forgiving, shining light in dark places, breaking change, disrupting the plan of destruction placed before her, smiling like she not fighting demons, like the monsters under her bed, don't scream, give up, you can't win, she's winning, the fact that she opened her eyes to face another day, 
the battle has already been won. Gracious love. Oh. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Come yes. We appreciated that piece. That was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay. I'm going to pass the mic back to Ebony. Ebony Flow. It's on you. All right. Thanks for passing the mic back to me. I hope you all are enjoying the show because we are enjoying your poetry. Thank you so much again for being here. And at this time, we're going to take the mic back to you, Mr. Winnie Wynn. Bless our mic again, please. Thank you. We can't hear you. We'll come back okay. to you and pass the mic to CLS. Okay. No worries. All right. Um, this time I'll do a piece from my collection, Soup Stories. Um, see. Okay. This kind of sets up the vignettes. This one's called Hired in My First Interview. The reason I even applied to work at the soup plantation in the first place was because my sophomore high school Spanish class required us to make resumes and do mock interviews. I just wasn't really sure where to mock apply. Maybe McDonald's, I thought. That thought must have been allowed because the student sitting next to me laughed at my suggestion. Another classmate, Jim, chimed in. Apply to work at the soup plantation. It is the best place to work, but not Mira Mesa. Try the corporate store in Rancho Bernardo. While my family had eaten there most Sundays after church, I had never been completely blown away by the food or atmosphere. To me, it just seemed like a great big salad bar cafeteria filled with loud and obnoxious families going back for seconds and thirds of self-serve soft swirl ice cream and pizza focaccia. Still, I did my Spanish mock interview in class, and then, maybe in part due to the fact that Jim was so cute, I decided to apply for real. On February 24th of 1998, Elton John was knighted. The National Hockey League resumed its season after accommodating the Olympics. Cuban-born cartoonist Antonio Prejias died. Com comedian Henny Youngman died. And I was hired in my first interview as a greeter at the soup plantation. Rest in peace, soup plantation. I know, Thank right? You so much for that piece. <laughs> Thank you so much. I loved soup plantation. You too, Kwani. You loved it too. <laughs> I've never ate at the soup plantation. Never. Oh, really? Either. It was good. It was a bunch of soups and salads. <laughs> it, it was good. Yeah, I worked there on and off for 10 years and then ended up writing a collection about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a problem with plantation. Oh, that part. <laughs> It was called Sweet Tomatoes Everywhere Other Than Southern California. I don't know why we didn't change that name. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, thank you for that. Thank you so much. 
So we're going to go back to you, Winston. Um, is your mic working yet? Can you hear me? We can hear you. Yes, indeed. Uh, nice and clear. Um, so I think within theme of kind of doing pieces from the period when I was going through the deconstruction, I'm going to continue another piece. Um, and this one is called, this one is called, yo, what is going on? Child, is it working? It's working. Y'all can see the, all right, cool. We got you. Um, so this one is called, um, religious privilege. Ready? What a privilege it must be praying to a God that answers. While many of us are still waiting for an answer on hold or leaving a message on an answering machine, it's full, so we must grab a number and stand in line behind our ancestors. We lost count, who's counting, not God. While we're counting on him to answer, we've been counting for so long that we forgot what we're praying for. God, do you remember? Sorry, I forgot you never answered, so maybe you don't know, or maybe you do. Maybe it's easy to think that you're working things out for our good, but an unanswered prayer is still a cute way of saying that God is not listening. To mention the will of God is just a political correct way to say request denied. Go figure. Peter is shamed for denying you three times, but we are also created in your image. So we've been denying you since the beginning of time. Try and find our way back to Eden. Jesus comes and died for many of us, but our request is still denied, denied. The fruit don't fall far from the tree. The knowledge of good and evil. You good, God, us evil. God, remind me, why am I praying to you again? Oh, I forgot you never answered. Amnesia sounds better than knowing better and not doing it. So hopefully next time, I'll remember not to pray to you. But God, if you are listening, who do I pray to when I need you to deliver me from you? Sincerely, number, um, I lost my place in line, but I'll probably still be here waiting for you to answer. Or <coughs> so that's that. Thank you so much for that piece. All right, thank you again, Winston, for that piece. And now we're gonna take it over to Erica again. So I just wanna say thank you for your vulnerability. These pieces have been really profound. <laughs> so thank you. Um, so my piece is Enabling Dancers, and it's about um, people who stay and stay and stay because they don't, they're too afraid of change, too afraid. Wait, I need glasses. <laughs> All right. He kissed me and I wanted to throw up the, um, the nauseating bile. The kiss, a temporary band-aid he will eventually strip off with no gentleness. Until the next falling out of you did this to me, so I did this to you. Never ending swirl. Cataract eyes, I fail to see what is in front of me. I see blotches and shades, but it is not clear. My eyes connected to the heart. I live in denial. It keeps me on, the, on this emotional train, a train that keeps me stuck, empty, unfulfilled. I do not want to see the truth. He is sometimes nice. Repeated childhood bonds, that is what this is. Dysfunction. No one learns boundaries in chaos. No one learns to love and abuse. It teaches that once in a while type of love. The one where daddy is in a good mood, so he throws, he shows some kindness, temporary, short-lived, till dad's alcohol drowns love, clouds it, confuses it, lowers my self-worth. Childhood bonds that live in adulthood. 
that jade my choices that makes you love potential. Childhood bonds that make me still cry for you, Dad. You left me so long ago when you died. For years, I just wanted a fraction, a word, a glance. And today, all I want is him, my cohabitant. We live together, but we are trapped in a dance. He tries to waltz me, but my feet are like lead, stuck to the floor, and he can't help but step on my feet. We can't dance. Still, I will not leave, and neither will he. I enable, he enables. Walking barefoot on grass stickers, trapped in quietness. Nothing is said, just silent desperation. Yes, beautiful piece. Thank you for that piece, Erica. It was remarkable, so vulnerable. And it was heartfelt, really appreciate it. Swing the mic back to you, AJ. Give us another dope piece, please. I don't have anything. That's it for me. Stop it. You have a You didn't wrote 3,000 poems. You got another piece. Quang Kwani. Quang Kwani. Quang Kwani. It's been a long time. Plus, I didn't hear Andrea. I didn't hear Evan Flo. I mean, come on. This is a full community situation. We don't, we don't spit our peace. We're trying to give y'all time. We be on here every Thursday. Well, I'm trying to hear something this Thursday. Come on. Somebody got to do something. Somebody take my, my time here. All right. Let me introduce her. Let me introduce her properly. No, no, no. We're not going to do that. Let us have AJ bless the mic one more time. One more time. Come on. Let's go. We will definitely jump in and bless it, the mic. It was a struggle. It was a struggle to get me to even be on the mic. So I, let me get, let me roll myself back into it. Come you on. Here. You got it in you. You got it in you. You got this. Got this. <sighs> Come on, why are you doing this? <laughs> just a new set of go. I got a little, little, a little piece. I'll do a little piece. Okay. A little bit. Tonight is the gladdest night that I'd be wells enough to let my pen free. To deliver a sistery that's as cold as Natalie, Rebecca Jig, and Dr. Johnetta B. B. More Campbell soups, a turn McMillan chilling diner with CC winers by the CC H. Pounder set to impress in a Mildred E. Carter dress sharp like Dee Dee on a bridge over the untroubled waters of Ethel and Maxine. Butterflies, my queen, Latifah's a dream. I need a baker to make Phyllis's wheatly cake. Maybe Josephine could battle beside Kathleen as a team now. Wouldn't that be me? Leontine's price was so nice that when Mary became a walker and Alice, oh man. No, I'm, I'm good for the day. I'm good for the day. I got to, uh-uh. You did wonderful. You did wonderful. We don't know your poem. You could have made us something else. Just keep going. Don't stop. Mm -hmm. You got this, King. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm passing the mic over, and we're gonna. I need to just enjoy the community and get right back acclimated to it. So no doubt. No doubt. that's what it is. Yeah. 
we were grateful for the snippet. It was fire. It was fire. It was fire. <laughs> so just know that you have arrived. And we're going to give you your flowers tonight or early Christmas Christmas presents or whatever it is for you to know that you have arrived back like you never left. So just get out of your way and let the poetry say what it needs to say. That was a little poem for you, right? That was right. I heard that. I appreciate it. Absolutely. We're very grateful that you are here. So like you say, you can just stay around and soak up all the good vibes. Well, thank you for the opportunity to be here. This is this is real monumental for me personally. So uh, I'm I'm thankful to be back up, you know, fresh in the mix like this. So I'm appreciative. Thank you. Thank you to everybody who's been here as well. You, you're all wonderful, beautiful. I've enjoyed everything. As Erica said, appreciate for the vulnerability. Uh, it's, it's been beautiful. Thank you. Andrea, do we know each other in, in uh, Clubhouse? I think so. You in the group that I'm that I'm in, right? Okay. Okay, Miss Jam, pass the mic over back to you. Thank you so much. Mic's on me. Okay, back it's back on you, Micah. So <laughs> bless our poem, our, our mic again with another poem. Thank you. Go ahead, Maka. It's on you. Okay. Um, this poem is titled When You Ask Me Who I Am. When you ask me who I am, <clears throat> you ask me who I am. I wish I knew who I am. Some days I'm my mother. Some days I'm my sister. Some days I'm a stranger. Some days I'm a stranger. Some days I am my friend. <clears throat> I don't know who I am. Who am I? Sometimes I may be selfish, rude, self-absorbed. I hope you understand. I embody so many ancestors in my blood, so many ancestors in my lineage, whose dreams we are touched, whose dreams we are trashed, whose dreams are abandoned. So in my DNA are so many ancestors. I'm sorry, I don't know who I am. Don't ask me who I am. I am a stranger. I'm my mother, I'm my friend, I'm my sister, I'm my ancestor, and so many of us in, in me, in my body, they don't know who I am. I apologize when we ask who I am, because we are many, not just me, we are many, in my body, in my soul, in my spirit. So many ancestors in my blood, who I carry my DNA, I don't know who I am. Don't ask me who I am, I don't even know, I can't say who I am. Thank you. Thank you so much for that piece. Thank you, Maka. Ask me who I am. Okay, up next we have Queen Kwani. Come back and bless our mic. All right, all right. This next piece is called Jealous God. <clears throat> as sure as the sun will always rise on the east and set on the west, I will always bless. The stars are jealous of the way I gaze into your eyes, at the way I find light in them too. How I want to be where you are, wherever you are, no matter how far, no matter how hot or cold the weather may be. With all the stars around me, it's you I'm wishing upon. It's you I long for. You I look to like I do the sun, the moon, and the stars for guidance, for love, my sky. 
thank you for that tape. Thank you, Kwani. That was beautiful. Appreciate you. Okay. <clears throat> Up next, we have my girl, Ebb and Flo. Bless the mic and do it right. All like right. Let me the drop the mic. Okay, let me bless the mic and do it right, baby, because that was a poem in itself again. And drop the mic. Over. Okay, yes, ma'am. So this poem is called I Alone Am Enough. I alone am enough. Perfectly imperfect, but I'm worth it. I climbed curbs when I was just knee high to an ant's ass. I surpassed potholes rolling on Daytonas. And when they homed us in urban communities, like pigeons that flew the coop, becoming showbirds, proving to you that I alone am enough. My word was my bond. I stood up to the moon at the break of dawn. Still me, you frown upon. But I remain untouched because I alone am enough. Sometimes I curse like a sailor because my daddy was a pirate, you see. And me, a one-woman army cast out to sea on ships that have no sail, like mail that never arrives waiting in prison cells of hells without bell. Still, I alone am enough. I'm tough like Mike Tyson in his prime. I'm a bad man trying to be somebody's wife. I cook and clean in between like my grandmother Nora Jean in kitchens with food that she could not eat. Still, I alone am enough. I'm rough around every edge, escaped every cliff, clipped my wings, but I kept right on flying, and you still wondering if I'll fall. I stand as tall as giants, yet here you come trying to slay. Baby, I'm trying to tell you that I don't play, but I pray on knees bent and dark closets and I fast for hours without ceasing dance in showers of acid rain you can't get past this here dame because I alone am enough I'm long way from home unknown but you know me I'm cut from a different cloth found me way down deep in the middle of the safari and copied me because I alone am enough from flickering to a divine shine i paid the clock the cost for this here world to be mine from last to first from lost and found to all around everybody gonna know my name child I bust down every door, hold the key to every lock. I broke out of every box because I alone am enough. Woo! Won't she do it? There we go. There we go. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. Very beautiful. Very much. <sighs> okay. Thank you all for the love. It was nice. Um, AJ throwing us on the stage and all of that. I really appreciate right. 
You know what I mean? It's a really, a really an iron sharpens iron type of energy going on in here. You know what I mean? Right. So I, you know I, it. You know I, it. I love that. I love that. And I'm very grateful for all of you being here. So now we're going to shoot it right back around to Miss Drea, the poet. That's so right. Bless the mic for us. <laughs> Are introduced okay. to the person and then bless the mic, however you like to do it, Corey. Let's go with it. Let's go with it. I'm going to read this poem. It's called True Confessions. I was never in love with you. I was in love with the idea of you. A figment of my imagination, you were never true. An unrealistic desire that I created in my mind of what I imagined you to be. Then I awakened to tragedy, a tragedy of you who you really are, a narcissistic serial liar that plays on women's kindness, a fool with no soul, a half man who would never be whole, where anywhere is his home, a creature of habit who lives lies for the entire world to see. Hosting a life that's full of fakes, he's green with envy. Full of rage, he can't deceive me. My eyes are open. I see the truth. The feelings that I had would never be again. It's sad because I was one loyal friend. It's the end. No more. I'm not a woman scorn. All right. Thank you for that piece, Queen. Beautiful, beautiful. Welcome. Yes. Okay. So we're going to bring it back around again. And we're going to come back to UCLS. All right. Well, thank you. It's so awesome to be here. Thank you all so much for including me. And I've really enjoyed all of the poetry. It's been a long time since I've performed. So thank you. This one is called Sanitizer Sauna. We've all become too whitewashed, translucent washed, transparent into moral blindness. So polite, so PC that we no longer call a spade a spade. Spades are just large spoons that can pat dirt down. I'm pregnant pause waiting for my deus ex machina ending. I keep revving up when the engine refuses to turn over. I'm headed down this path least traveled while a telltale heart keeps beckoning me back. I'm walking like this in an oval broken. Life pulls me between taking a stand for that which I believe and extending a hand to those in need of acceptance. For so long, working from the outside, looking in, building up those I love to be my own in crowd until they turn, walk away and build walls with the exteriors facing me. My greatest fear looking toward the future is that my perceived light at the end of the tunnel is nothing more than a mirror reflecting back the flames of all the bridges I've burned. Yes. Yes, yes. I really love that piece. That was a really Thank nice you. piece. Thank you. All right, Mr. Winston, ready for you to drop another piece on us. All right, cool. This one is called The Forgotten. I find the hardest part about having been through and having observed deliverance ministries is the trauma brought upon our psyche due to lack of saving or no freedom from which they told us we should be freed from. While others find themselves lavish in a newfound freedom, some of us bear the weight of still being the same. 
even though they said this fast, this prayer, this will of God and so on would free us. Yeah. Instead of seeing their methods of saving powerless or void of what power they claimed they would bring, we are called rebels. What blame we carry when the saviors can't save us. What love, what grace, what mercy is bestowed upon the ones who stay as they have been. What God still comes to us and embrace, though we are considered sick children. Are we forever orphaned? It pains not because we are considered sick children, mm. but it pains because we are rejected by the father that heals. We are the forgotten. Yes, I love yes. that. We are the forgotten. Yes. So before we go on to the next um, round of poetry, I just wanted to ask each of the poets a question or whoever wants to chime in on it. What is your muse? Um, I've heard a lot of different, you know, poetry tonight, some love, some sad, um, some about finding your, your place in the world. Um, and Winston, when you recite your poetry, um, every piece that you've recited tonight, I have seen that you're kind of on a conquest um, to find your way. Or I don't know if these are old pieces or if you've, you know, figured out, you know, are at, are at a better place with God. But um, I just see that you're kind of angry, right? In some of these pieces are you're questioning. And they're very relatable because I feel all of us as humans at some point, we question, or we're not supposed to question, but we do have questions for God. And we want to know, where are you? And why have you forsaken us? Sometimes it feels like, right? And so I just am curious to know about the mind space that comes from these poems. I would be scared. I would be like, oh my God, I'm not going to wake up in the morning if I write this, <laughs> you know, because the most high is my everything. And he gives me light and love. And he just is the reason why I shine, right? But I'm very interested in um, the way that you deflect and the reason behind it. So could you just tell us a little bit about that, about the journey that you've experienced through writing these pieces and has it taken you to another place like of, you know, resolution with God at this point? All right, cool. Yeah, I could do that. Um, so I'm not necessarily in the place now that I was when I was writing these um, but I, I believe in everything in which I do, I need to make meet it with honesty and authenticity. Um, and so when it came to my walk with God, I was like, yo, like, I'm not going to half-ass this. When it comes to my rebellion, as people want to call it, or my anger, like, I'm not going to half-ass my anger. God, if I'm mad at you, I'm mad at you. If I'm cool with you, I'm cool with you. Um, and so with everything that I do, may it be I'm writing or choreographing or being friends with someone, I want to meet it with authenticity authenticity and honesty and so when i was writing these different pieces i was like yo god this is where i'm at at this moment i'm pissed off and this is what i gotta say about it and here it is um yeah and i don't i don't think um i feel bad about it at all i don't i know like some people are like well damn because i think with me um the way that scripture talks about you need to work out your salvation with fear and trembling this is what i believe that to be like when we talk about working out your salvation with fear and trembling, I think people just think it's like, oh, okay, don't sin, like don't curse. Nah, God, I'm pissed off. I'm pissed the fuck off and you're going to hear about it. But like, I don't want to stay angry, but let me go through the process of anger, even if that anger is directed towards you. 
um, and go through my full humanity. And God, if you're the creator, if you are who you say that you are, then you could still stand in fortitude and be all that you need to be for me, even though in this moment, it may seem that I'm against you, but is my pain that's going on right now, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm against you. So that's kind of like the place that I'm in when I'm writing these things. Um, I think now um, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't self-identify as a Christian, um, but I would also say that I'm no longer in this place where I'm like super angry um, and I totally moved on. So I would say to also answer your question about who my muse is, I guess everyone is my muse, like whatever period of time I'm in, like that's my muse. So if I've wrote pieces about women and I'm like, yo, her story deserves to be told. So I kind of write from a place of like things that need to be heard or stories that need to be told. So I write about black people. I write about women. I write about abuse. I write about queerness. I write about religion um, because I'm like, yo, like people need to hear it. And I also write from the perspective of like, no one is going to say it. I'll say it. We may feel it. I got the audacity, so I'll do it. So that's kind of like where I'm writing from. Thank you so much for that answer. And I just want to say that I really, really respect your honesty. Um, I write from that place too, like dare to say things that people only think about, right? And so I really respect and salute you for that. And I see that writing those pieces helped you on your journey. And that's what poetry is all about. So um, thank you so much for sharing and letting us in. And for anyone else, um, can you tell us like what your muse has been or what have what inspires you to write the poetry or from where where does it flow you know and how does it fill you up i can talk about that i i do a lot of stream of conscious stuff that i don't know what it counts as short stories or poetry and then you know right now edit later kind of a deal but um uh similar to what winnie wins is talking about like from that place of where I'm at and just not trying to apologize or um, reframe it. For example, I have a, a chapbook that's all about uh, Mark Salling, who was a, a star of Glee, who um, was convicted of um, being a pedophile. And I mean, that's very, very dark, right? So there, for some reason, that story just really was interesting to me and I watched all of Glee again and then I already owned his album and so I felt like oh my gosh I was a fan of this person and they're very crazy so maybe this is not the best thing to share about myself the first time I meet you all um but just writing on something that I find really somehow intense and provocative in the moment that I'm in um and then you know like my soup stories is all just where I was during that 10 year period, which ranges all the way from kind of lighthearted, funny to very intense and dark and everywhere in between. So um, I love that I see this theme of all the poets tonight, very honest and like uncensored and um, just speaking from the heart and soul. I think that's where you get the best work and the best connections with folks that you're listening to and who are listening to you. So thank you so much. Yeah, very well. I do agree with you. The authenticity, it just hits different, whether it's raw, whether it's, you know, rough around the edges or it's love, whatever it is, it just 
it's so much better when it's true and it's when it's real, it's more relatable. Um, and that's what we poets do, right? We bring it to the people. So I love that. Thank you so much for your answer. And now we'll take it back to you, Erica. Okay. So I just wanted to say um, my book's called My Silent Voice Unleashed. And so exactly like uh, both CLS and Winnie when um, it if something bothers me or I see some injustice or something and I will write about it. Um, um, when I was in the mental institution for my suicide attempt, one of the things that hit me was I wasn't the only woman there for the same reason. We were all there for the same reason. And so for me, it's important to give the voiceless a voice. And so, and you know, professionals, professionals, we were all professionals. I mean, I'm a, I'm a teacher, I'm a high school teacher. There was nurses, there was secretaries, and we were all there trying to die for a guy. And, um, it, you know, it's, it's not really for a guy, it's stuff from the trauma from the past, but still, we were all there at the same time. And so, I, you know, I, for me, the poetry is giving the voice, the person who doesn't speak, the person who doesn't have a voice, a voice. So I have this poem here called uh, Adulterer. Secrets are freshly laid maggot eggs waiting to infest. We, husband and wife, live in that nest. From the outside, we are a perfect picture of all that is good. Truly, we are a maggot-infested carcass pretending. We are not alone. There is another woman. She is a ghost in our home. She is the woman who wrapped us in the death shroud, who buried our love in the grave and let the maggots loose. She's in your ever-present mind. Reliving those moments of escape, hotel rooms, dinners, dates, and me, I'm a marriage certificate meant to be replaced. I am lost in the quagmire of your thoughts, untouched. Robotic movements, I clean, I wash, and I tend to the family. We are polite for formalities. We are not walking on eggshells, but walk on broken glass, blood leaking from our feet, pretending there is no pain. My stomach sickens, I smile, just numbness of, ex of existence. I am jailed, obligated, and you, you are self-serving. The children feel the tension. It's a scary movie like Freddy Krueger striking in their dreams. They wait for the next moment to scream out in fear, invisible children tr dying to be perfect. They feel her ghostly present. The awkwardness, awkwardness nauseates them, wanting to throw up. We silently abuse them. Staying together with no love. Do not marry for practical reasons. Yet here we are, abusing the kids with no words, no violence, just by existing together. Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you, thank you for that. All right, Ms. Jam, give the mic back over to you. Okay, thank you so much. No problem. So I have a question. I really enjoy all of your poetry. I like how the poetry is in tune with who you are as a person. Um, I really appreciate UCLS for telling your stories about adopting a brown girl, making her feel like she still is able to keep her cu culture and teaching her who she is and who her, you know, people before her, her ancestors, having her still connect with her and things like that. So that's very, 
beautiful to me because most people don't they don't do that they try to take that away and make them who they are you know so sometimes we lose ourselves in that and the kids get older and they get confused so i really commend you for that and thank you so much for that that's something to be celebrated um so my question to you all is like um if you haven't wrote a book like would you want to write and who would you want to write a book for it's beautiful so again we go to this school it's called community literature initiative and Kwani was telling me that the professor there writes poetry books for his wife so we were trying to find the books last night and i mean that's beautiful so i asked her because she's the teacher in our class and we we're taking a class for uh to learn how to write a children's book and she was like, oh, which one? He writes, he wrote plenty of books for me. So I was like, I thought that was cute. You know, it's just like, um, just to have that great love, you know, for something or somebody and just to experience that and then work together and get along still with that person, you know. They're both educators, very intelligent people. So my question is like, who do you write for? Um, if you write love poems, um, who would you write it to? Your child, you know, yourself, your significant other, and how does it make you feel when they enjoy the poetry? I write a lot of love poems about different situations, my situations, what I see with my friends and things like that. And I'm going to send this question to Queen Connie because she just did a poem on love. Um. Well, my exes are the music most of my love poems they might not be how I feel about them right now but that was how I felt about them at that moment and it's real it was love poems my love poem as a poem for probably every single one of my ex everybody that I have ever loved I think I wrote a poem for in this book so if I loved you there's a poem to you in there. It may not say your name, but you inspired through your love. However that love may have come in, whether it was a love that hurt me, whether it was a love that lifted me up, whether it was a love that abandoned me or it was a love that's still there and never left. It, it, it's how I felt. I'm writing love, the ups and downs. Thank you so much for that. I feel it. I feel it. I love love. Okay. Um, <laughs> was I supposed so to that or I was yeah. We'll come back to the poetry. <laughs> We're going to give everybody a chance to answer the question. Um, Micah, you can answer the question. Same question. Okay. Um. Well, for me, I write basically on issues concerning women women whose feeling and essence are being invalidated and um for the girl child for the girl child who is unsure of the world she's trying to find herself in the world and um for, for women too who um who feel trapped yeah women who feel trapped stuck up and try to break out from their inner self from as in the environment from where they find themselves on few traps, maybe violence, abuse, codependency, enmeshment, it is so it's basically on women and the girl child. Thank so you so it. much for that. 
Beautiful. AJ, same question. Uh, the reason I write is uh, for my for me to understand my personal experiences, my observations through life. I write what I consider to be a Bible of my own experiences and who I would want to write about the most are my sons. Uh, every it, What I wanted to be when I grew up, my mother used to ask me, many people would ask, I would say, I want to be a father. That was my, my career choice. So uh, I have four sons that I take care of and every day is poetry. You know, it's, it's good poetry, it's, it's bad poetry, but uh, it's a learning experience for us all. And poetry for us, for all of us, we are writing uh, personal Bibles. You know, we, we have chapters in our life, we have verses in scripture that we, we swear by because these are experiences and things that happen to us. So, uh, but the, those that have impacted me the most have been my mother, uh, who I lost three years ago, and uh, my children. That was that was the gift that always continues to give. You know what my mother, the type of love that she gave me, I write about it in in the way that I love on my children. So uh, that's the that's the purpose behind um, the reason why I write. It's, it's for me to understand my personal experiences and to be blessed with the gift to be able to express it because we 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 live and we experience what we do, but many of us don't have the gift to be able to articulate it uh, verbally in, in such rhythm the way we do. So uh, that's it. That's my long-winded answer, but um, that's it. My sons, so 100%. Beautiful. So I'm going to pass the mic back to Ebony. We're going to do our last round of poetry. And before we end, when the credits roll, you guys still stay on so we can chat after the show. So Ebony is back on you. All right. Well, thanks again for all of those beautiful, beautiful answers. Um, they were much appreciated. And we're going to go for our last round of poetry. Sadly, it's like we don't want this show to end, right? It's just so great tonight and every night. But it's just something about the energy tonight. Um, so, yes, we're very, very, very grateful for all of you. And salute the boy dad because I'm a boy mom. And that is a poem in itself every single day so i do agree i do agree um and we're gonna take it back to you mr winnie wins all right cool all right all right um hmm, what i want to share today um i think i'm gonna go a different route um i gave you guys three about like religion so i think i'm gonna give you a newer one that i wrote uh, let me find it right quick. All right, here it goes. Um, pain may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. It's daybreak, my nigga. The sun rises, breaking the night in half. It's me who peeks over the horizon. I'm the lit side of the moon, leaving the dark parts of myself behind. It's like watching a soldier come home after the war. What a sight I am. 
I hoped and prayed, but was never sure this day would come without shame or fear in the witnessing of myself. Rivers of love and laughter are brewing inside of me. I prayed, fasted, whipped myself into submission, sung songs to my soul, or harnessed the wind, calmed the storms within me, healed, became whole, gave sight to the blind, died, resurrected, and brought the dead parts of me back, created heaven and sky and gifted them to myself. My life is a living hallelujah, a living sacrifice, I am. No longer seeing myself through the lenses of what broke me or what was withheld from me. I'm an untethered soul, unbound, that is me. I'm far more than a wish or a prayer that manifests. I'm far more than the unforeseen dreams of a slave, more than the seeds of my ancestors born and rooted in a time to come, I am whole. Not a fragment or a piece of a thing, I am all encompassing. I am heaven, earth, sea, and sky. I'm the one that flies in the wind beneath my wings. I am ground, I am refuge. I am a home to myself. I am enough and abundance. I became my mother and father, gave birth to myself, and life is my birthright. Yes. Oh, that was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yes. You have taken us on a journey tonight, and we love it. Um, and we all know that life is about the journey, not the destination. So I love that growth that you, you know, ruin us and you hit us at the end that was beautiful beautiful so thank you so much for letting us travel down your yellow brick road tonight and we all win with Winnie wins so thank you and uh, we'll go to our next poet and let's see we can we can shake it up a little bit so AJ you got some for us do you got the end of that one piece for us no, nope, nope. I ain't going at it a third time. Mm -mm. <laughs> okay, well, you know, I have to try it, but nevertheless, we're very right. 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 Anyway. I just want to say, I just want to just take this time to say thank you. Thank you. Because the, the universe is really working its way through early this morning. I just, I don't even check my Facebook Messenger and saw, uh, hey, brother, you want to get on? I thought, no, that was the first thing I thought, no, I ain't been on in a while. <laughs> and then I started to think, and I said, well, what is it? West Coast, I'm here in LA. Okay. Lamar Park, Inglewood, you know, this where I was born and raised. So what's up? Is it a stage? Is it some kind of, so I, I practiced that one piece all day today. Mm -hmm. And I was calling, I said, well, what you think is going to happen? And everybody mm -hmm. said, you're going to kill it, you know, as you normally do. But I, I haven't normally done it, you know. <laughs> so uh and and I thank you for being uh the 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 swift boot uh to say, come on, man, get back in the mix and get on it because you got to go ahead and and uh continue to amplify that voice because you you gotta use it. You got the gift, use the gift, push it out there. So I thank you for doing this. Verses and vibes, Miss Drea. Evan Flo, King Atterbury, everybody involved here, all the poets, thank you very much for having me be here. You are most welcome. And thank you, you are welcome. And since you are in LA in Lemur Park, you have to come see me and Evan Flo this Saturday at Sims Library Portrait. Okay. Okay. And then Sunday, Sunday, I will be at Lemur Park shooting a music video for a piece that I wrote called Africa Town. So I do need to say that uh, that's going down. 
So you'll be in Africa Town shooting a video called Africa Town. Love it. No, that's right. That's where I born and raised there. I came up in the Merck Park, so uh, I wrote a piece about it. And I know you're gonna say, "Ooh, you do it!" For the video shoot, right, right. I want you in it. I want, I want everybody on the West Coast to be in it. So come on, Mimi Wands, Queen Kwani, yes, CLS, Sporty Worlds. You hear the King speaking tonight? He is giving you an invite to show up to Lamert Park, also known as Africa Town, and bask in the glory. So definitely show up for that. Thank you for plugging us in on that and letting us know about that. And um, we'll go to you, uh, Queen Kwani. You want to bless us with a love poem? I got you. I got you. You know it was going to be a love poem, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, I'm going to do this one a little different, though. I'm going to sing it, and then I'm going to say it as a poem. Uh, but I probably can't sing it because I got this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he's my everything, all my thoughts and dreams, and he lights my fire. I'm in flames in a sourceless power, God, me and dance, and he takes me. Knows where we're going and strives me to get there more than my lover. Nothing could compare. That's my baby. What a precious creature. I can't let these demons destroy this perfect picture. Don't you lose the one you love for the one that you lost. Cause it would be terrible to let go of true love. Cause he is my everything. All of my thoughts and dreams. And he lights my fire. I am in flames in a sourceless power of God. Me and days takes me higher than out of space. Knows where we're going. Strives me to be there. He's more than my lover. Nothing can compare. That's my baby. What a precious. Won't let these demons destroy this perfect picture. Don't you lose the one you love for the one that you lust, because it will be terrible to let go of true love. Most grateful for you, Queen. Love it. Yeah. Love it. That's how verses and vibes do it. Yes, indeed. All right. So let's bring it back to Erica. Okay. Um, so this one's called Mr. Suicide. You are the devil's best friend that plagues fragile minds. You are a thief, a stealer of the mighty pen. You are handsome, gorgeous, attractive. Underneath your exterior, you're a bucket of lies. You mandate that there is no other way. You say, come, my friend, to the other side. You say you will finally end. You will finally end this torment and find peace from your distorted mind. You know everyone's abysmal secrets. You poke at their scabs and make them bleed. 
You have me question my existence and you make me play that video in my head of that grave mistake over and over again. You damn people's souls. You wrap your lover depression in black. You comfort depression's cries and show her the way, saying it's time for this to end. Tell me, Mr. Suicide, what did you say to Mr. Hemingway to make him forget the lives he moved with his words? How did you prove to him it was time for his bell to toll? How did you do this? How did you kiss Miss Plath and fill her with sweet hope? How did you have her forget her work, the bell jar? What did you say to Miss Wolf? Did you talk her, take her room away? Did you tell her she was no longer Shakespeare's sister? Did you grab her and guide her to the Dreary River? What did you do to Vladimir Mayakovsky? Did you give him his Soviet passport? Did you walk him through that tunnel of death? How did you convince him to play Russian roulette? What about David Foster Wallace? Did you say your meds will never work? You will always suffer with this malfunctioning mind? Did you insult his work, the infinite jest? Did you drop him from the raft as he hung? How do you do it, Mr. Suicide? Steal picturesque lives? What did you articulate to Miss Sexton to have her lose her nerve? The only one with tooth spot to write scandalous words. Did you say she looked dazzling in her mom's fur coat? Did she forget the therapy of her verses? Why, Mr. Suicide, did you vanish these articulate lives, leaving this earth deprived of their eminent minds? A question, too. You know, that's a question that a lot of people want answered. And for you to have formulated that in, in a way to say, what what are you doing? Who are you? Like, why are you doing this? And I just love it. I just love, you know, it's like a letter to suicide, right? Before it happens, you know? Um, so thank you so much for that. Thank you for sharing all of your pieces tonight. And I'm going to give it back to you, Miss Drea. Okay. It's back on me. Mm -hmm. Next up, we have CLS. Bless our mic one more time. Thank you. All right, this one is called Mother Liberty. Mother Liberty has lost her mind. There's something infiltrating the system in her brain that usually separates right and wrong, logic and farce, right around where so many have tread at the front of her head behind her crown. Perhaps her madness is from her father, fathers really no one knows which is really responsible they all had in common a bit of madness abusing liberty's natural born children then forcing her to adopt foreign kids she hadn't ever met mother liberty always sought the right man to be her partner she had man after man they started out more old-fashioned racist sexist but got a little better each time every divorce her heart a bit worse off than the one before, each new marriage a bit of hope, at least on the groom's side. It got worse when she and dad divorced. He was her fourth, or was it 44th? Now all Mother Liberty sees is orange. She's cut off her children, natural born and adopted. She refuses to speak to her best friends, 
and no one can speak anything real to her. She just keeps standing green and slightly rusted, denying anything has changed. Her children of color march because Liberty's police are killing them. Her natural born children dance in traditional dress. Her daughters march, some for her daughters born whose rights were threatened, some for her daughters yet to be born whose right to live was threatened. All of her children cry out to her, we need you Mother Liberty. She won't respond. Don't you want to be a part of your grandchildren's lives? Send me pictures, she says, and just keeps looking eastward. Great storytelling. You set the scene. Beautiful. Yes. Next up, we're going to have Micah. Bless her mic one more time. All right. Um, here, I have a short poem for everyone who has been hiding their gifts. Um, and it goes like this. Listen to me, darling. On this day, you will rise and eat the sun. You will wash your hair and oil your skin. You will adorn your face with smile and walk into the world. On this day, darling, you will wear your skin and polish your skin with she butter and oil. Raise your head up. Show your gifts to the world. Don't hide anymore. Burn your skin. Burn your old skin in mother's kitchen. Darling, on this day, you won't hide anymore. On this day, we show your gifts to the world. On this day, you polish your skin, make, make it shine bright. Let, it, let the old disappear with the smoke, and this new skin will never absorb again the fetid bile of men. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's beautiful, Michael. Thank you for that. Yes. Thank Before you. we close out the show, I want to thank you all for being here. Everybody, that's listening in the Poetry Corner universe, make sure you like, share, and subscribe. And also this Saturday at 6 p.m., visit us at the Sims Library of Poetry. It's 2702 West Florence Avenue in Inglewood, California. Myself and Evan Flo will be performing for our alumni class. The tickets are is $10 or a donation, whatever you choose. Just make sure you come out in support. And so I'm going to pass the mic back to Evan Flo. She's going to close us out with the poem. And you guys stay on after the credits roll. This poem is called Unspoken Verses. And um, it goes, so you call yourself a poet, but you won't show it because you don't show up. Got all the talent in the world, but you won't pick the mic up. Afraid of what is the question? A blessing given to articulate, yet you keep telling yourself that it's just too late. A fight with fate. Who taught you how to give up without trying, neglecting your talent? Who taped your lips to silence, defiant to God's gift given? Who told you sh to shut up? Such a fuss that now you won't speak up. Afraid. Who told you that fear was the way? Get all dressed up and meet yourself Thursday night at 8. Sign your name in cursive so that you know that you've arrived. 
waltz on stage and began to shine. Grab that mic like it's yours to keep, then pour out your every little thing. Sing the chorus to your own song. You need no one to put you on. You were born to be a poet. Now get up there and show it. The world will be waiting and I will be right here congratulating for you have arrived. And just in case you were wondering, you are always right on time. Thank you. Y'all heard that? Oh, that was the poet. No, you're not going to write that piece uh, and me take it personal. <laughs> you are a poet, and I dedicate that to you and every poet in the world, even to myself, because sometimes we hold ourselves back and we are so afraid of the ifs and the, you know, Everything that we tell ourselves, the negative self-talk, we can be the most positive person. But when it comes to us getting up there and doing what it is that we need to do, sometimes we hold ourselves back. So this this poem is for you, AJ, it's for me, and it's for poetry itself, for every poet in the world that sometimes feels like they don't need to get up there. There's someone who needs to hear you. You give voice to the voiceless. You give face to the faceless. You speak about the things that people may cringe at, but things that need to be said. So I just want you to know that your voice is heard, you're important, and we're very, very grateful for you. So show up for yourself. And thanks Thank for showing up every Thursday. Wow. And we'll meet you next week here at eight. Um, and again, thank you all for your energy, your time, and blessing our poetry stage tonight. And we're signing you out. You guys are always welcome back. And make sure you stay in touch. Join Verses and Vibes. Join Poetry Corner on Facebook. And if you have anything coming up, just message me and we'll have you back.